so this is the podcast yeah <laughs> no but really guys this is the podcast this is two chickpeas in a podcast Hey, it's Nikita. Hey, it's Gautash. Hey, it's Raheem. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, yeah, we did not, we didn't prep you on that one. <laughs> he just looked at us like, oh my god, what do I do? It's on. Is it recording? God. Um, and you're listening to two chickpeas on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, COVID. Oh my god, <laughs> we're off to a good start. Um, yeah, so we're with Raheem. Hey, Raheem, how's Hi, it going? Hi, guys. Yeah, it's going well. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Um, great. <laughs> so great. And we're continuing with the LGBTQ series. And we're talking to Raheem today just about how great it is to be Raheem. Absolutely. <laughs> Wait, is this a gay thing? So <laughs> I'm not actually gay. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, my God. Why did I keep coughing? I'm so sorry. Sorry, I will edit that out. <laughs> edit. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is fun. It is fun to be Raheem. Uh, it's very exciting. It has its ups and downs, but um, yeah, it is, it is a lot of fun. I just think it's really interesting to talk to you because, so me and Raheem met at a shoot that we did for one of the girls from the Big Sis Journal, episode two. Was that two? Three episode three no no one of the other episodes one of yes. the beginning of um, one of the episodes right at the beginning if you're new to listening you should go check that one out it's in on season one so we did a, a shoot for shadism and we met and we just like clicked we did we just like clicked and the thing that I loved about you is that I straight off the bat I just knew that like you were just you like you're authentic and you weren't trying to hide anything you weren't trying to hype uh, hype yourself up or I mean naturally you should do anyway but I mean you didn't need to like be fake and I really like that about you and obviously I could tell straight away like we were going to be good friends <laughs> I could tell but um also you know I knew I knew that you know from like all the makeup that you were wearing from like the clothes you were wearing that like the shoot you was gonna you were gonna be the sort of bride and you had a Groom? Was he the groom? Yeah, there was like a whole groom bride thing going on, but it wasn't really explored, I don't think, yeah. personally. But yeah. yeah. Oh, so just to clarify, it's for Azad Journal, which is from Johnny from the Big Sister Azadi Journal. Journal. Azadi Journal, even. There we go. And yeah, there was a theme to the shoot. So so the the shoot you guys were on had um a wedding theme. Well, I think it it was like um new contemporary. Yeah, it was. It was. I think it was um, taking it's one of those shoots where it takes cultural heritage and applies like a contemporary theme to it. Yeah, it was very nice. It was very androgynous, I feel, and it didn't really have gender to it. And I think that's the best thing about it. I think I feel that I was probably the most androgynous on set. Um, Like you, but yeah, like I think everybody wore clothing that kind of. I guess matched their 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 gender and how they felt within themselves, but yeah, I definitely feel like they kind of like looked at me and went, "Yeah, we're going to make you into this sort of other type of person, really." And would you describe yourself as an androgynous person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's taking a sip. Uh, yeah, I know. I definitely would. I think I grew up very androgynous. Um, as a young child, um, I was always thought of as, uh, as a daughter in the house whenever people would come and see me, which 
kind of didn't really register with me until I was a lot older. And then I kind of explored my femininity a lot more when I got to like my mid-teens to my like late teens and early 20s. But yeah, no, I definitely feel like I was very androgynous growing up and I think I'm even more so now. I mean, you're stunning, innit? You walk through the door. And Can we like... have like a meaning, a definition of andro- androgynous? Yeah, so to be androgynous, I feel like physically you don't really look a certain gender. I think it's... um it's something where you look very fluid, you know, for for use of a better phrase, it's like you can pass as either or. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there are moments, like for example, when I used to perform and do a lot of my gender performance, I didn't, when I first started, I didn't have a beard. So I would um, perform and color block my face and I would like have full face and I would look very feminine um, to the point where many men were very confused. Um, and I actually got a lot of, um, even now actually, even with my beard, like I feel like even my like natural body shape is very feminine Mm -hmm. Um, to an extent, like I've got curves. Yeah, Yeah. and because I have a really nice bum. Um, (laughs) Yes, honey. Yeah, and like, you know, like sometimes like from the back, you wouldn't know. And it's happened to me quite a lot of times, but um, I very much identify as male. Um, I do have my gender fluidity. I think everybody does to an extent. Um, or to its entirety, really. But I think for me, I definitely still identify as he, him. So those are my pronouns and that's how I feel. Um, But yeah, we all have moments, I think, of androgyny growing up, really. Like short hair, long hair, as like a trivial idea. Clothing, you know, Mm -hmm. it was thought to be very androgynous for women to wear suits, to wear trousers, you know. Which I love when I wear a suit. It makes me feel really powerful. I feel even sexier in Mm. a power suit because it is that mixing of the genders. I suppose like YSL were like the first to really come and like bring that sort of um, power to women Absolutely. in terms of like dressing them in a more like masculine style but it brings out their femininity even more and I love that sort of fluidity and, and mix of genders I kind of you know I hate the whole segregation between genders I suppose so yeah and I, I love that we're living in a day and an age where that can be celebrated absolutely yeah it wasn't like that you know a couple decades ago yeah. um and it's still really hard I suppose for people in the South Asian community to maybe even explore that so what were your experiences I mean you I mean what is your South Asian background and yeah, what was your experience with your family and things growing up and, and exploring? I mean, you said you got to your teens and started exploring more of your femininity. <laughs> yeah. But what was more of your journey in terms of growing up in a South Asian household trying to do that? I actually grew up in a, a mixed heritage household. So um, my father comes from English background and English nationality. And my mother comes from a North Indian, uh, no, sorry, North Indian, uh, North Pakistan, like Punjabi background. Um, so growing up in a household where it was already very mixed, I think um, we were already exposed to so much from so many different cultures and um, sort of navigating ourselves between the two. There's quite a lot of us siblings. So yeah, like, you know, we did that for each other. Um, I think I kind of realized my South Asian-ness through my grandparents um, because I'm fortunate enough to say that my South Asian grandparents, my maternal grandparents uh, were around quite a lot and I think that's how I learned so much about culture 
you know, including food, fashion, the ways of being, the traditions, the ways that we would act, the ways that we were brought up. Um, so we still very much had that within our systems. And I think that um, as I sort of started to navigate through that and then like my sexuality came into it, I kind of didn't feel like I was against a norm, so to speak. So I think like for me growing up, like I just felt very quote unquote, like normal. Yeah. Like it didn't really ever feel against a grain um, because I felt that the women in my family were very much um, pillars of inspiration for me and I still are mm-hmm. to this day. And I, cause I think, you know, a South Asian woman and growing up in like an environment where, you know, my family are like Punjabi, like seeing them, like you already know that they're gonna be incredibly strong women, right? right? Because women as well, I think South Asians families, cause that's all we can really talk about, um, face so much adversity and to have seen my mother and like my grandmother and aunts and stuff go through that really did inspire me like as I grew up. So I guess I patterned myself on them. So I didn't really feel that I was going against anything. It wasn't until people started to use the term gay as slur mm-hmm. did I realize that, oh, hang on a second, do people view this as like a bad and negative thing? So for me, I, I didn't even know what gay was. Mm. Yeah. Like gay to me wasn't even a thing, right? Um, I remember having a conversation with my mother in Oxfordshire while she was getting ready for a night out. Cause I used to always watch, I think a lot of little gay boys did, like they would always watch their mum get ready and like always be there for her and pass her makeup and all that sort of stuff. And I remember her saying, oh, so do you like any girls at school? And I immediately went, no, 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 they're all just friends. And then it went silent for about 10 seconds. And then she went, okay, so do you fancy any boys at school? And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she was like, it's okay, Raheem, like no one cares. Um, and I was like, cool. She was like, we've already had discussions about it. We were already talking about you. So this was just- How like, old were you at this point? I think I was, I was like preteen. I was like 11 or 12. Oh, wow. If that, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that was it really, the rest was history. So like, it was literally as easy as that. I mean, my mother tells me as well about a story, her and her best friend who did essentially become a second mother to us and like an aunt to us. I remember growing up um, and loving like the heroines that I would see on the screens. And uh, Julie Gabiche here came out mm-hmm. and that was like my jam, right? Yeah. So I would like grab the nearest journey, every single time it was started, grab the nearest journey, and I would like start doing the whole thing. Like I gave you choreography Oh my down. God, yes. Yeah, yeah, all the way. Like, and I was doing that like, <laughs> like before I was like 10, I don't even know when it came out. <laughs> In the early nineties, like she was letting you have it. Like it was all, it was over, okay. Yeah. And um, and I think my, and my mom tells me the story where her friend turns to her and says, um, you do know Raheem's probably gonna grow up to be gay. And my mom said, yeah, that's fine. We'll just wait for him to tell us. And like, that was it really, you know? Yeah. And then on the flip side, I had my nanny, so my uh, maternal grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, when my mother spoke to her about sexuality and said, oh yeah, well, you know, what if the one of the kids does turn out to be gay or lesbian or whatever? And she went, no, I don't think so. And she went, okay, well, what about Raheem? Because mm-hmm. my grandparents and I have a very strong bond, stronger than any other grandchild, I think, with them. And um, she said, no, no, Raheem's not gay. And she went, well, how do you know? She goes, I've seen his, it's too big. <laughs> <laughs> Nani, um, that doesn't mean anything. I know. I always think the bigger lulus are always going for <laughs> men. You know what I mean? I, I feel know. like us women are actually getting the short end of the stick. 
no pun intended yeah (laughs) but um yeah so it's like it's really interesting to like see like the cultural shift between things you know um but yeah i think that's answered your question i can't remember what you asked me but i I think think you kind of did (laughs) i love that we ended on that note though i think it's really lovely that like your you know from the get-go your family were so like kind of accepting of who you are and then you know because i guess that's a, an issue that a lot of other people have is that they feel like they can't there's someone that they can't tell or someone close that they can't tell so then they kind of suppress themselves whereas like you have been fortunate enough to just live and and just be you yeah absolutely like i feel that i am completely blessed like i count my blessings every single day and night like to say that i can be so authentically myself you yeah. know and like if you look at my mother's um media between us and uh you know whatsapp product placement but like <laughs> between us and on whatsapp like it's just pictures like i went back on it the other day and it's just so many pictures of so many guys that i would speak to wow and like to say that i share that with my mum on whatsapp and she goes right because the first thing she'll say to me is send me a picture so my mother like wants to be like our best friend and she is very much like a best friend right but then there are still some times where i'm like you're my mother like yeah, shut exactly. up yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, so yeah, like to to say, to say, sorry, that I'm able to have those conversations with my mother, it's incredible. Mm. And, you know, and to say that. And rare. Very rare. Yeah. 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 And to say like, like the performances that I've done or the gender bending that I've done and drag, if you will, that I've done, um, like the really big pieces that I did for like my masters and stuff like that, like the jewelry I wore was my grandmother's jewelry. So my grandmother gave me her actual jewelry to perform with on stage in order to like become this woman. Oh, wow. You know, and like not any, not a lot of people can say that they've got that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and it's funny because they saw a very, um, it was quite a formative performance for me where I performed the Mujra from Umraujan, and I did it in full geesh. I had no beard, so uh, I did. Did you put that on Instagram? Thing. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, must yeah. have done. Oh, yeah, 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 that was stunning. Thank you. Yeah, so I did that, and like my grandparents saw that, and they just laughed. They looked at each other and laughed. And one common thing that's always said in the house, and my aunt says it all the time, and my grandmother says it, is like, um, if you were to look at this, and just to look at it from a little bit of a distance, no one would ever know. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess I kind of took that and ran with it. And yeah, I'm looking what... at you so closely and intently now, um, mainly because you're so hot. But I'm it's, thinking, yeah, it's very like your skin <laughs> on fleek. If you were to remove the beard and you know your ball and everything is so long, I would think, yeah, you probably could pass for being a woman. Yeah, definitely. I do. Yeah. I mean, I I do now, which is really weird. And I think a lot of guys get this feminine energy from me. Um, and kind of immediately deem me to be a woman. Like a lot of guys have approached me, I guess the darker side of this, is that a lot of men have approached me and immediately assume that I want to be a female, or I want to be a female counterpart, especially from my Instagram page, as you've both have seen, like I do a lot of like performances like that. And I think guys immediately go, oh, that's cool. Like you can be my babe, like you'll be my wife, like you can be my girlfriend. Mm. And I'm like, well, no, I can't actually, because I'm not going to be your wife, nor am I going to be your girlfriend. Yeah. Like, yeah. We will be sharing the same title. Yeah. 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 So. I was actually going to ask that actually. So, well, you, you kind of took it from me in the in the best way Sorry. in the sense. No, 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 no. Because it was my next question in the mm-hmm. sense that 
um you know do do people think that you do want to become a woman obviously you've just answered that and yeah. it's just also i think a lot of uh, i suppose this is why we're having you know this episode and talking to you because i think there is still a lot of misconception around um gender in general and i think everyone still really tries to put everything in a box and the definition and oh if you're like this then it must mean you're like that you know always trying to create understanding and i think what's really interesting about you is that there is no definition to you that's why i kind of said at the the beginning of the episode like oh it's just fun to be raheem because Mm. you don't you don't have to have that do you know what i mean and you don't have to answer to anyone which i really love about you thank you yeah Yeah, no it is it has been a bit of a journey in in sort of understanding myself i think through other people and i think that's where i kind of went wrong like it's this definition of like immediately you're in this minority right of yeah. like lgbtqia plus like abcdfg like there are so many letters. <laughs> and um so immediately you're in that minority okay let's not even talk about like mixed heritage your heritage whatever whatever you're in this minority. Within that, you're in another minority, right? Because you're one letter amongst 27. You're then within that classified into tribes. From that, you're then into like subcategory. Like it's just a constant, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's almost like a pyramid scheme yeah. where you're constantly in this sort of hierarchy or whatever, this like societal status. And I always deem like the LGBTQ, I remember saying this somewhere else as well, like the Hunger Games. Yeah. And we're all a different district. <laughs> Imagine. Yeah. And like we only ever, and the capital's like pride. <laughs> right? So like, yeah. And that's like when we all come together. I but love like, this yeah, it's incredible, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And like, it's really, it's, it is, it is really funny because like, even within that, so like growing up, like, and then everyone was like to me, oh, go on, um, you know, we didn't have Tinder back then or Bumble or anything or Hinge or whatever the other one happened and all that shenanigans, scruff. We only had Grinder, right? Grindr. God, and that was an absolute fucking, we can swear, right? That's an absolute fucking bollocks. But like, and then that they were like, okay, what tribe do you belong to? I was like, how the fuck do I know what tribe I belong to? They ask you that? Yeah, because then if you put your tribes and stuff, it kind of shows what other people might be into. So you've got like twinks who are like the young looking smooth, like, you know, Mm. guys. You've got otters who are like kind of a little bit like toned, but then have like a little bit of hair. Bears are like the big hairy guys, like so on and so forth, right? And then you've got masculine presenting, feminine presenting, like that sort of thing. So I think then people like classify you as that. So like coming back to this topic of like just being Raheem, like, I did realize that, yeah, I do have very feminine aspects, but I also am quite masculine, Yeah, yeah. you know? And like, you can't define that because so many of us possess so many of those qualities. And like me trying to fit in and trying to think, okay, well, I'm only gonna find a boyfriend or a partner um, if I am, if I look masculine. Mm. So let me like pose in a certain way and wear certain clothes and only upload those pictures, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. And then I was like, okay, well, I need to sort of embrace myself more because then if I come into a relationship, they need to know that occasionally I have to put makeup on for dance. Like at that point, it was just makeup for dance, right? Not that I wear makeup on a daily basis because I really don't have the time nor the energy. 
But like, I only ever do it now for a check. So like, <laughs> you know, and then when people start to see you on Instagram and see the way that you perform, they, that's when they immediately go, oh, so you want to be a girl. So immediately they make you that girl. Right. And then they also want to dictate your, um, the way that you speak to them. So I had one gentleman, I should say gentleman, I'm only being polite, he wasn't a gentleman, he was a prick, but like- He's another Ben. Absolutely. Ben, ben George. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, he's a proper Ben. And like, um, I would, like, I call everyone man or guy or sir or like whatever, like it's just part of my vernacular now every day. Yeah. And um, I called him that and he got really offended. Why? And he went, why are you calling me man? I said, why, what's the problem? I was like, I don't get it, what's the issue? And then he was like, why are you calling me man for? I was like, are you not a man? He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, but you shouldn't be calling me that. I said, what should I be calling you then? Mm. You know, and he didn't have an answer. What the hell? That makes no sense. That. Because he felt that like man was like what you call your friends, right? Like the guys call okay. each other. Oh my like, God. Like, it's like calling someone like bro. Yeah, it's like that. But like, I, in my head, I was thinking, I don't think you understand that you're now trying to change me. Mm. Before we've even met, yeah. okay, right? And plus I'm a lot prettier than you are, okay? Preach, so let's get preach. that involved, first of all. God. And <laughs> like, drops. Mic drop. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, and it was just a bit like crazy to think that like somebody could actually physically like stand there and like dictate to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And he would say things to me like, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. Oh, and, hell to the fucking no. Yeah, and like, oh. And it's like, who are you? And you can't, almost. like, cause obviously yeah. I'm a performer, right? So I'm a dancer. Yeah. And um, after performances, people usually have come over to me and have said things like, oh, um, thank you so much for doing that. And thank you for this and thank you for that, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, uh, I'm not a prick, like I'm not a dickhead. Like I'm gonna speak to you because if you've taken your time out to speak to me, I'm gonna speak to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, he was like, yeah, but you can't talk to them for too long. So it's this- Who is of, this man? It's this, listen, let me not expose. But like, it's like, it is, and it comes down to this cultural thing that we were discussing earlier. Like, it does come down to this sort of patriarchy yeah. of like South Asian, like twisted societal norms that the man mm. must be the more dominant and the more sort of like, I guess, I mean, the term is oppressive. Yeah. You know? I mean, I this is a whole nother episode for me yeah, personally. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. But it is. It's something that deeply, deeply frustrates me within our culture. Not to say that there aren't men who can... Um, who are feminists within our culture. I mean, there there are some allies. But I would say predominantly... Yeah, that that is the very, very, very big issue within our culture is men, their egos, uh, the patriarchy within the culture, and the way that they they dictate absolutely everyone's lives. But I think there's a lot of healing that needs to happen with men themselves. There's a lot of you know they don't communicate. There's a lot of you know holding everything in. Yeah, the there's emotions. a lot of you know respect for the sake sake of the fact that you're a man. It's a lot of privilege given to men um and they, they very much abuse that power i think and you know just... but yeah and yeah just to like cotton off on that as well like you get that a lot within the gay community like i'm not going to speak about any other community because obviously i'm not part of them but you get that a lot in the gay community you know those masculine guys mm -hmm. those like gym heads like yeah. the jar heads mm -hmm. like that sort of thing like they feel that they are the gay Mm -hmm. you know and we're like the femme and we're like this and that and the other and like we can be looked down on and stuff like that but like it's neither here nor there and you still have that element of that toxic masculinity yeah. and that like 
a dominance that men have, you know, and it's ridiculous. You know what? I also think that, um, like, the gay world is, like, actually really harsh. Like, as we were saying, I feel like you guys are so much more, like, I don't know, but I feel like gay people are very judgmental of each other, like, (laughs) or, like, you know, if they just want to, if they want to have sex, they'll just be like, yeah, come. Like, yeah, there's not really, like, any chat. I don't know. Uh, There's uh, there's a few stories that I've heard. No, no, that's very true. I think... I think that also comes from the sort of the sexual past of the gay community, mm-hmm. you know, where it was all done uh, in secret, mm-hmm. undercover, in certain areas, you know, people knew certain parks or certain public toilets. Mm-hmm. You right. know, Clapham Junction was like a massive one. Mm-hmm. You know, Hampstead Heath is another one. You know, there are areas where gay men could go that they all knew because it was like a quick thing. Yeah. Like, we're here, we need to express ourselves. Like, you know, let's have sex and let's go. Right. And like sex, I think is so like, yeah, it's right. disposable, right? It's expendable, like it's bomb, yeah. it's done. Yeah. Like I can literally, like after this, I could log onto an app and find someone within a few kilometers get my fix and go home like it doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people and i think it's kind of given the gay community a kind of a weird kind of like jaded look and through like a jaded lens like making us out to be very promiscuous but i sit here in front of you 28 and still a virgin wow wow brahim yes yeah i never well no one ever believes it. Don't worry about no, it. I don't never. dance like a virgin. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and also your big schlong's going to waste. What the hell, man? I know. <laughs> I know. So you got the right one, I Which I love. I really am, yeah. Well, yeah. I just I just don't think for me, like, sex is such like an intimate thing. Mm-hmm. And you're at your most vulnerable. Yeah. Right? And it can be the most beautiful thing. And it also can be the most ugly thing. Like, you yeah. don't know what faces you're making. You don't know what sounds you're making. <laughs> you don't know how much sweat, exactly. like, all of the that shenanigans. The uglier the face, the better the sex. Apparently so. <laughs> Um, you know, and you're basically completely naked in front of someone. Yeah. Flaws and all, like there's nothing mm-hmm. there. There's mm-hmm. no filter. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. Valencia, like any of that shenanigans. There's something that's really empowering about that. But it absolutely well, is. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to a person that was naked on national television. So yeah, I completely oh, get yeah. it. Oh yeah, you were on the naked attraction, weren't you? Right. That's what's called. Yeah. I need to see that episode. Can you just forward me the 4OD link or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still yeah, on 4OD. Yeah. Like I've, I mean, I've performed like in the nude and I've been naked on stage. So I thought, what's the difference? But the reason why I did that was for representation and diversity. Yeah. You know, like we need to go out there and actually show that South Asians aren't to be like messed with and we aren't just like some oppressive regressive like community that is just gonna like shy away from things like if it wasn't for us the west wouldn't even really have sex oh my god I love you so much more they'd be stuck in like one position like you're welcome Yes, baby. Very that. Like, as in, we <laughs> gave... back, think of England. <laughs> yeah, like, we, we gave you sex, yeah. essentially. So, yeah. like, I don't even understand. It was, it was only because the West came over and gave us that, like, societal phobia of, like, oh, my God, we can't do this. But, like, we have been doing it, and we will be doing it for That's years and years. Friend, my friend always points this out. He's just, like, I... Oh, oh he's... um. He's from a Caribbean, like, mixed heritage background. And he, he always finds it so fascinating that um, people from South Asian backgrounds can be quite conservative when it comes to sex. And he's like, it makes no sense at all because you guys create the Kama Sutra. Yeah. So I have literally no idea but how that, the two yeah, marry up. Exactly, yeah. but it's because of that cultural thumb yeah. that we're all under, that we all kind of think that, but, you know... like it's incredible like the two of you that do this I mean just speaking to you before this and just like knowing the two of you now like it's it is you know personalities like yourselves that bring conversations like this to the table and to the forefront and for that we have to thank you because like 
it literally is reasons why things like this should be seen and should be heard, mm -hmm. you know, because it's to show that this generation isn't to be messed around with. And we are doing things in order for people to see that, no, we aren't going to be like ignored anymore. Hence the reason why I did the Channel 4 thing. I was like, yeah. I oh, that's really on. brave of you to do. I, I couldn't do it. I know. I still yeah. get recognised. It's really awkward. Really? Are you like, yeah, that's me. I got recognised at McDonald's drive-thru. Can you ah! in? <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> I wasn't even at the drive-thru window and he went, sorry, can I just say your voice sounds really familiar? And I was like, oh yeah, hi. Huh? But you said it's very funny. I thought I was getting hit on. So yeah. I was just like, uh -huh. <laughs> And he was like, were you on Channel 4? And I looked at my friend and I was like, um, I was, like, yeah, was. Yeah. I was like, it's okay, I don't want anything to eat, bye. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it's crazy. And I remember doing a gig um, as well, like I was performing and um, the host asked me about it and there was a whole group of gay men like in the background that were like, they were like, yeah, we saw it. Oh my God. And it's actually so crazy. Like I still get Instagram messages now and I did that back in end of August, September. Wow. So like, I still get messages wow. now on Instagram saying, oh my God, we saw you. I get messages on Instagram where you want naked attraction. I got messages on random TikToks. Oh my God, that's that guy that was on Channel 4. Like, it's crazy. That is so crazy. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that cool. Asians have seen it. Yeah. yeah. And can now say, do you know what? He did that. Yeah. Like, we should be able to do anything. That's a really, it's a, a massive, massive thing. And it's something that I think a, a lot about actually is representation of South Asian people across all media platforms. And yeah, I suppose the one, I mean, you you wanted to go in the show and you were Well, yeah, they, they found me yeah, and cast me in it. You know? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Were they one of those people like when you're in Hyde Park and they're like, hey, have you ever thought of it being on? It's really funny, actually. Yeah, because, yeah. well, yeah, it happened mm -hmm. to me on Instagram. Yeah. But I just came out of a therapy session that I was going oh, to wow. for for sex and relationships oh, wow. because I went through a very strong stage of hating men, mm -hmm. like physically hating them yeah. to the point where I wouldn't sit next to them on the tube. Oh, wow. If they would speak to me, I wouldn't speak to them back. Wow. I wasn't speaking to male clientele. I'd pass them on to other people in like the offices and stuff like that. So it really got to a stage because I was like scorned. I felt like a... I mean, I've been watching Buffy a lot recently, so I felt like a vengeance demon. But like, <laughs> I was like ready to like attack men. And this one guy asked me, he said to me, oh, excuse me, um, do you know where the Barbican station is? And I was like, sorry, I don't live in London. I don't know who, I don't know where it is, sorry. And he was like, oh, okay. I was like, I don't speak English. And I just carried on walking. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, goodbye. I was like, so angry. So after a really like, a like successful session that I had yeah. where I was like, yeah, I need to love myself and love guys again. I got this message and I was just like, ha. It's, it's a, a sign. sign. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I was just going to do it. And I did it. And good. I felt great. I felt very empowered. Yeah, good. And she got paid. But we're not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, so like, you know, it was just like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, whatever. Who gives a shit? Everyone's got a body. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Embrace it. Yeah, I think you're a really good voice for a lot of people that are like completely suppressed. Like if you can be your true authentic self and, and just love yourself. Like, yeah, it's very inspiring. Even to me, like, it's just like, am I so like you know sometimes I, I like to feel like I'm like out there and stuff but like actually I, there's things I hold back from and there's no reason to because you feel happy right you're your happiest self yeah I am I mean there are moments where I like do feel shit I mean everybody does mm. moments that I do feel quite you're like human. low yeah exactly and I do feel like oh god mm. I was having a conversation with somebody recently and uh, he said to me um you know sometimes I don't know who I am Mm -hmm. And sometimes I don't know like what's going on. And I said to him after I think, I think this therapy's obviously helps. So a shout out to my therapist. Like, <laughs> you got to go and ask you. Um, Stu. Stu. Um, I remember 
saying to him, I was like, it's not about not knowing who you are. It's about forgetting how you got there Mm -hmm. and the outcome of your journey. It's about forgetting the path we took in order to become who we are. And what I mean by that is, is that like, we need to understand that point, the midpoint from A to B, like we need to know that line in order to get to B, right? Mm -hmm. Because A was our trauma, if you will. And then the line took us to the end result. You need to always focus on that line. Mm -hmm. Know your process and know how you got there. Because you you are who you are. And you are right now who you're supposed to be right now. Yeah. It's just about understanding that journey of getting there again. Okay. And like sort of understanding that issue and that problem. And like, I think that's what I did for myself. And kind of just went, I need to be myself because... I was brought here and I've been through so much shit, man, like familial stuff, but not even about me and my sexuality, just in general, you know, everyone's got family politics, Mm. you know, I, I, you know, I I would hear regular slurs thrown at me, like when I was out and about and like things like that. But knowing how I got there and how I overcame everything within that period is what I need to be focusing on and in understanding who I am. And you should never live your anything for anyone else but yourself yeah. there's one life which is, i think is something we talk across probably every single episode we've done because mm. that is a lot of our ideology i suppose behind the podcast is this restrictiveness in in south asian culture that just does not need to be there who are you doing this for honey and what or who is it serving um so we love that you're only serving yourself and love 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 that you've taken the step to go and and have therapy sessions which a lot of people therapy just would is not do. so important like if you can then do it yeah. yeah. Give us the name of your therapist. I've done it. <laughs> Stuart Alderton. What's that oh, name? Thanks, Stuart. Yeah, Stuart Alderton. Coming is, to you. Yeah, he's yes. incredible. And he's actually the first gay male therapist I ever went to. Oh, wow. You know, and like for me to sit there and for him to actually like say to me, okay, yeah, this is great. And he tried out so many techniques. He had me like holding these bloody pulsing things to try and get involved with my subconscious. And I was like, this is so wank. But like, <laughs> I was like, I just need to talk. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, but. It's one of those things as well. If you can't afford therapy, just find someone who makes you feel good. A friend or whatever. A cat, a dog, anything. I speak to my cat so much. Like, (laughs) but like, you just need to find that one person and just find someone and say, hey, do you mind just listening? Yeah. And someone will just sit there and listen to you Mm -hmm. and just say, yeah, cool. I don't even have to say anything. Like I say to people, like, if you want to call me, just call me and I'll just mute myself and you can just talk to me knowing that there's Mm. someone there. Yeah. You know, like, that's so important. And yeah, therapy, I mean, mental health is a whole different thing. But like, yeah, man, like, I just told myself, like, I have to be here. And the fact that I owned my femininity and saw it as a strength and not a weakness. Mm. I mean, look at me now. Like, I've got i've got accolades i've got things to my name yeah you know it is you know it's 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 always um someone when they're the most authentic and themselves is when they're the most attractive to people and i I don't mean just like romantically sexually i just mean in in every sense do you know know, it's it's something that you want to have for yourself or it's just your this enigma that you can't ignore absolutely um, which i love and just you know i'm very much of, pandora's box yeah but you know thoughts of like you know every you know everything rupaul says on, on rupaul's drag race i yeah. just feel like he's the most inspiring i just love him he's changed my life do you know what i mean about loving myself and everything and yeah. i just think he always says to all these like insecure queens on the show if you don't love yourself 
how the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, Fucking man. <laughs> yeah. But he, he it is, you know, he ends the show every single time saying that. And also just, you know, anyone who's like really insecure and he's like, you know what? It's just your differences. You have no idea. You're so scared to maybe show them it's or embrace them. Yeah. It is the inner saboteur. Do you know, he's just such a wise man. Oh my God. It, but, is, it um, is very much that like, we all have that like person in us. Like we all have that like, sometimes it's a child sometimes yeah. it's like literally you but paused in a moment in your mm-hmm. life that still lives inside of you that says i can't do this and I, right. we can't do this and this is not but one thing i learned was for my current self my adult self to actually sit down on this like metaphorical mm-hmm. bench with my child with my child self and say do you know what it's cool did you do that? It was like hypnotherapy that you did when you did that or? No, he tried to, but like he just kind of went, think about it, think about it, think about it. That's what happened to me in hypnotherapy. Yeah. She took me back to a place that. Um... Sis, he took me back to a place that I did not even know about anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, how dare you? Like, yeah. how dare you stick Invasive. your fingers in my mind? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was incredible. Like, yeah, it was very similar to that. Like, it was, it was incredible to do something like that. And now I said to everyone, like, just imagine a bench and mm. sit down with that person and say, do you know what? Where we are right now, it's a lot better than where we were. Mm-hmm. And also just like, I forgive you or I'm here for you. Or, like give yourself a hug. Yeah. Or, you know, if you were like, go back to, I mean, I went back to like my younger self and I had to like hug myself and yeah. just say like, it will be fine. Because it was like a really like scary moment or something. Kind yeah. of back to you. And then she, she was like trying to say like, you're here right now. So, you know, you're going to be fine. But you need to tell that little girl that mm. she will be sort of thing. And it's a very, Word. very powerful thing to, to do therapy oh my god word, it's a lot, word, yeah word. but it is it's very 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 powerful because i think um that's where you know how you mentioned your inner saboteurs and things like that you know all these type of experiences is kind of where they that that stems from yeah because um, like if it makes sense to you i would say if it makes sense to you it makes sense to you and if it doesn't make sense to anybody else and that's on them yeah mm-hmm. do you know what i mean we aren't here to please everyone mm-hmm. yeah and if we are causing controversy and if we are starting a conversation then that's a damn good thing yeah. because then actually people will start talking about it and then that way the conversation will start spreading yeah you know so be the venereal disease that you see in the world is what oh, i, I say it. absolutely <laughs> personify oh you know covid because the conversation is the vaccine Boom. <laughs> Boom, boy. And can, yeah, before we end, you know, would you would you consider yourself an activist in, in this sense? That's a really good question. Mm. Well done, Nikki. Um, <laughs> you should do this more often. Someone should pay me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, do I consider myself an activist? You know, I didn't start doing what I did, performing the way that I perform, going out there and taking like, Gatak or Bangra or Gidda or Contemporary or anything like that to like different cabaret slots or like different places that I'd never seen it um, with the idea that I'm going to change the world or with the idea that I'm going to do something. I think it was other people that said it'd be great to have this part of your culture within this space. And when I saw kind of what it did for people and the conversations it started, then yeah. I guess I am some form of an advocate, um, sorry, an activist or an advocate for something. Mm-hmm. Um, a trailblazer even. Potentially, you know, like, but I, I, it's weird. I still don't consider myself that. Yeah. Like I just consider myself to go do something, start mm-hmm. the conversation and hear it and then just leave. Yeah. Like that's And that's why I say that I'm not this sort of massive 
a political activist, even though what I do is very politically charged, mm-hmm. like just naturally, right? Mm-hmm. Like being who I am, doing what I do, is yeah. it's, a, it's a big, big political statement. And I think that what I always say is, is that I'm not starting anything new. I'm just bringing the conversation back to the right. table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this isn't what I'm doing is nothing new. Mm-hmm. I'm not groundbreaking. Right. I'm just I'm just letting you know that it's still here. Wow, I would say you're groundbreaking. Yeah, I say it. Say yeah, it. I, I, I agree. Thanks, Definitely. thanks, guys. Because because it's even though you're not doing something new, you're probably one of the only few people to do it. Actually, that's right. Yeah. I'm one of the only few people out here that takes like cultural heritage things and classical training and, and embraces embraces it. it and takes it to so many different venues and so many different things and kind of forms that like takes my gender identity and like merges everything into it you know like that's why I still perform under my name I don't change my name when I perform because it's just another aspect of who I am it's just a superlative version of who I am and I was like if anything could happen to me tomorrow then people will know the name Raheem like they won't know me as any other name because that is the brand yeah so yeah that's amazing Raheem the brand where can people find you uh you can find me in your local chicken shops. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of fried chicken. McDonald's drive throughs um, uh, I'm on Instagram. With fans. Yeah, yeah, with fans. Uh, only fans. Only fans. Oh my God, stop. I was thinking of starting an OnlyFans, just quickly. I was thinking I was thinking of starting an OnlyFans, but just for my feet. Yeah, do you yeah, know you what? Know There's money in that. that. Bitch, money, let me tell you about money. this. Let me tell you, quickly, quick story. Um, I had this guy like hounding me on Instagram, telling me, just show me your feet, show me your feet. And I was like, yeah, but how much? Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. No, my bitch. friend, my friend, she like, was on pay sh- for my pedicure. No, 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 no. My friend was on a sugar daddy website and she got paid. Nine I tried grand, that nine grand for a picture of her feet. What? Nine Who? Grand. Which friend is this? Yeah, my toes are not even that good. Otherwise, I would. Do Miss, it. my feet are nice. <laughs> my feet are nice. My feet are nice. My hands are nice. Like I'll give you anything. Nine grand. I'll give you a whole used underwear collection. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Anyway, if you're listening, <laughs> daddy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm on just on my Instagram. Uh, Raheem Mir, so R A H E E M M I R, two E's, two M's. Yeah, that's basically all I really do. People are like, do you tweet and stuff? And I'm like, nah, not really. I just go there for the mess. Um, I mean, you want the visual. Yeah, so it's very much an Instagram thing. I think that's like my main source of like sort of communicating with the world. Yeah. So yeah. Love that. Thank you so much. I honestly, I think I probably say this with most episodes, yeah, but this, I'm not even joking yet. This episode, I could literally happily do a two hour episode it's okay we'll do a part two guys yeah <laughs> no we actually need to there's so many different layers to you there's even like other like things i wanted to like touch upon and ask on like mm. just so many different aspects to you thank and, you uh, well no thanks for having me it's been really oh God, nice loved it. no stop it <laughs> it's been so fun we had jacket potatoes before this and it was great <laughs> Like it, yeah. I really did. Yeah. Do you really know how to bake a potato, sis? Yeah, it was really nice. All that seasoning, you know. I know, it was great. But no, honestly, thank you for having me. And thank you for doing this. I think it's incredible that you guys are doing this. And, you know, on behalf of the gays. <laughs> we love you guys. We thank you we for your you. allyship. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's incredible to do things like this and to bring this to the attention and to have, like, such strong, like, South Asian female presences. It's like, oh my God. do what you need to do. Thank you. That mm. was a lovely thing. Just, yeah. It's okay, don't worry. That is so yeah, lovely. I know. And on that note. And on that note, it's been your girl, Nikita. It's been your girl, Tash. It's been your girl, Raheem. And you've been listening to Two Chickpeas in a podcast. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I love that.
I bungo with my lingo and beat it like a wing, yo. To combo, to Colombo, can't stay be your type, my bingo. I so 